As most of us sit on our comfy chair in our temperature-controlled home or office, so many struggle on the streets to merely survive. Life on the streets can involve hunger, seeking shelter, violence, enduring extreme heat or cold. And today, we know of another unimaginable situation associated with life on the streets, human trafficking. Meet a woman whose love of Christ drives her mission to give help and hope to those sometimes forgotten. That's now on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legute, and this is Action in Ministry. I recently read that about one-fifth of all homeless youth are also victims of human trafficking. So helping those on the streets is no longer just about feeding a warm meal or delivering a blanket, but it's about rescuing young people from modern-day slavery. Angela Valdez has been on the front lines of this mission and joins us today. Thanks for joining us, Angela. I'm so glad to be here. Well, maybe you can begin by telling us a little bit about yourself and what began stirring your heart to help be an advocate for people who don't have a voice. From my own experiences of troubles and being poor and struggling and and my uh, journey with the Lord, um, I just instantly knew that I had to do something to help others get to where I knew God was taking me. Well, can you tell us what Churches in the Streets is? We are a faith-based nonprofit organization, um, but we help the poor in many capacities. My husband and I started doing homeless outreach about nine years ago. Um, we were not a faith-based or a nonprofit at the time, and uh, we just started where we were and just started taking things out, helping people in need. Specifically, at that time, it was the homeless. Um, and as we began to go out and helping and feeding and providing necessities, It just kind of grew from there. So now today, we've grown from one night a week to two nights in the city of St. Louis. We've been feeding thousands, uh, providing necessities. We do a lot of stuff. We have church. uh, We share the word. We pray with people. We encourage people, connect them to other resources. Um, But hope is big. Hope is a big one. And so um, everything that we do is just covered in the word. We have children's ministry now in vulnerable communities. So they go to, like, government housing projects, and we basically bring Sunday school to them. So we teach them the Word, and we make crafts, and everything that they do is based on that, that message that day. So the craft, um, the game, scripture memorization, we feed them a hot meal. Uh, we give them clothing. We do stuff all year long, backpack giveaway, Christmas parties, um, Easter, but everything is teaching them the Word of God. And those are our weekly ministries, and then we um, do—we're still growing this aspect of it, the disaster relief, and my passion is um, educating, increasing awareness on human trafficking. So those are the areas that we focus on. Yeah, I don't know if, like, human trafficking is just more prevalent today or if it's just more prevalently prevalently talked about, but I know um, that I'm hearing about it all the time. And what's the connection between homelessness and human trafficking? Well, traffickers play on vulnerable people, vulnerable populations, and that can look so many different ways. Um, I know a common denominator that I have found in ministry for many years is, especially in women, young women or young men, is broken relationships with their father, 
broken mm-hmm. relationships with their family. So whether they're youth runaway or, I mean, it, it hits and affects every different background, whether they're wealthy or poor. Um, people run away and they're looking for someone to love them, accept them, help them. They think there's a better way of life out there. So they're heading to the streets. And when Churches on the Streets is out there, other ministries, that's their opportunity to, to teach them that there is someone who loves them. Help me understand, how severe is the problem of human trafficking? You know, numbers are so difficult, really, to, mm-hmm. to, to say because nobody knows for sure. But I can tell you, I believe personally, as many others that I talk to, that it's much larger than the numbers are even estimating. But right now, they're saying it's anywhere between 20 to 40-something million um, globally. Oh, man. It's just astronomical, and it's growing every day more and more. And we're seeing it on the streets. How do you how do you even identify who the victims of this might be? Well, that's something that myself as an educator, thankfully, I know to look for, but that's where the, the general population truly needs to be educated. And that's one of the things that I do is I do workshops, I speak at conferences. There needs to be more people on the front lines teaching people what to look for. Um, you're seeing it on social media. You saw a young girl that I know on Facebook. She had a situation that nobody really knows for sure that it was trafficking, but it was definitely several indicators, uh, speaking a foreign language, different men acting weird. Um, there is a car next to her car with the engine run, and there's different things to look for, and that's where each of us should take the responsibility of learning what those indicators are. How would somebody go about learning what the indicators are? Well, hopefully each community has their own human trafficking coalition. And you can contact your, um, actually call 211, which is the United Way's 24-7 resource hotline. Either they or your Chamber of Commerce might know or or do a Google search. Uh, But that's how I got started nine years ago. When nobody was talking about it, I heard a speaker um, share, and it just completely turned my world upside down. And I knew I had to be a part of the solution somehow. So I found the St. Louis Rescue and Restorer Coalition and began uh, joining their meetings, becoming educated, became, uh, became an educator. So, um, you know, if not, if you give my contact information, I'd be more than happy to do research for people because everybody needs to be a part of the solution. So when you identify a victim or you see these indicators for somebody who might be in this situation, how do you go about helping them? What do you do to bring them out of that? Well, the average person, I would say, never approach a victim or trafficker yourself. Call 911. Get as much information as you can um, nonchalantly and report that. And there's also a national human trafficking hotline that people can call, which is 888-3737-888. But I always recommend to call both because even mm-hmm. first responders are still learning what indicators are and who's a victim and who's a criminal. As far as the ministry goes, um, again, we have to be very careful because you can endanger that victim or your team members even more. So that's why we try very fervently to keep people educated uh, and aware of what to, how to respond. But it's tricky because a lot of times the, the trafficker is with that victim. So you get a very small window of being able to help them. Mm-hmm. And that's where prayer comes in. <laughs> Because you you just do all that you can to take that opportunity 
to help them and rescue them. I mean, this seems like very important work that you're doing. How does your faith play a role in what you do? You know, I couldn't imagine doing anything in life any day of the week without Jesus. But I can tell you that being on the front lines, taking the light to the darkness, can get really um, challenging. But it's because I know what Jesus did for me, and I know how he saved my life, and He how he changed it completely. It restored me. I was a broken young woman. I should have been one. I could have easily been one of those girls in today's society of social media who could have been preyed upon and lured away. But thank God he saved me and healed me, restored me completely. And that's what I hold on to every single day. I, I pray and ask God to keep breaking my heart for those women. But you just have to keep pressing on. That's what I'm called to do. That's what I'm destined to do. So... How can I give up on these women, these young girls, these young men, when God never gave up, gave up on me? How have you seen the gospel impact those that you're helping through your work? The Word of God is life, and it's life-changing. And so every time we speak the Word and share the Word and pray with people and encourage people and give hope through Jesus, it is completely changing lives. Over the 19 years that I have been uh, blessed to be in ministry, I've just watched it day in and day out. Just life completely changed. Sometimes it's instant. Sometimes it seems like it takes years. But God is faithful. And, and there's some that seems to take longer. Um, but I can tell you story after story of people who continuously come out to the streets and we can continuously feed them and, and share the word. And someday, all of a sudden, a light bulb will go off. And then they get it. So you just have to keep pressing on. You just have to keep going out there and sharing the Word, and no matter what they're going through, knowing God will be faithful. I would imagine in the work that you do, you do have a ton of stories like that that um, that you could probably sit down and talk for hours. I wonder if there's anybody who sticks out particularly in your mind, um, in your years, that you've just, that the story just stands out to you and you can't, you'll never forget it. I do, actually. There was a young woman, and when I was this young woman who used to come out at the very beginning when we used to hit the streets uh, nine years ago, come out faithfully every Monday night, and she'd get a meal and clean clothes and things, and she was the one that would get in the back. When it came time for the word, she'd be in the back with her little handful of friends and uh, joking and laughing and not paying attention. And this went on for, I don't know, probably two years. And uh, one night I was sharing a word. We take turns. And I was sharing a word that night. And I remember all of a sudden, I was sharing a personal testimony of, of deliverance of something I had struggled with. So I was sharing her story, and I look over to my right, and there she is, up close, almost in my face, just <laughs> eyes wide open. And I kept sharing the word, and afterwards she ran up to me, and she said, Angela, and as if I hadn't paid attention, she <laughs> said, you know, I've been coming out for two years, and I never really listened to you, but she said, tonight... You said something. It was like a light bulb that went off. She said, I want to change. I want Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, want to, I want to make my life better. And so we prayed. We believed that she was going to get a job that she was interviewing for the next week. Uh, we prayed that she would get off the streets. The next week, I didn't see her. So I mm-hmm. thought, okay, well, I'm just going to keep praying. And so a week after, she shows up, and she was so excited. She said, I got the job, and I get an apartment in another week. And mm-hmm. she got off the streets. But it took two years of hearing the word 
and it seemed like she wasn't paying attention, but it was just incredible to see the change in her. That's an incredible story. <laughs> and I think what it does is it highlights that there there is hope for people who are in um, situations that just seem like they could be hopeless, that there is hope there. Um, and I'm wondering, how how do you share that hope with people who are maybe stuck? Maybe they're stuck in a, in a situation where they don't, that they can't get out of. They're stuck on the streets. Um, they're being controlled by a trafficker or, or possibly like they're almost in the grasps of somebody. How do you share that hope with them, that there's something better out there? Well, you know, when you get an opportunity, you know, we're always praying and ready to share. And it's not in our strength. We just share from our heart. I had a young woman I shared with last night on the streets. Um, she was in a situation, I don't know if it's trafficking or not, but she was addicted to crack cocaine, had been abused as a child, abused her whole life, poor choices in relationships, just coming off of a high. And she had so many layers of issues that I'll be honest, in, in, in my mind I'm thinking, I don't even know where to start, mm. Lord. I don't, I, would, I don't even know where to take her first. Then I just ministered from my heart. I shared my testimony of, of overcoming through Jesus. You know, I believe I could. she wouldn't go with me then, but I believe she's going in for to get detox. I believe she's going to go into a, a resource that I gave her, a program to get help. Um, but you can't force people. Mm-hmm. They have to want it and decide themselves. Even, even people who are trapped in human trafficking, uh, there's what's called the Stockholm um, bonders, just like yeah. women who are in abusive situations, you don't know why they stay. There are actually victims who are trapped in trafficking that won't leave, even when help is right there in front of them. You just do what you can, and then you leave the rest up to the Lord. Sometimes you see it. Sometimes we're just planting and watering seeds. Sometimes we don't see the fruition, the completed restoration. But we just do what we can when we get those opportunities. But if we don't go, we'll never know. That's the beautiful thing. We have to go. And when we do, God is faithful every time. This sounds like a super tough ministry, like that day in and day out. Um, it could be really exhausting and hard. And um, what are the things that keep you waking up each day and continuing to work at this relentlessly? Again, just knowing what God has done for me, um, my family, people that I love, knowing what He did for me on the cross, and knowing that He never said ministry or life was going to be easy. Uh, he told us to have joy in our trials. And just knowing that, I mean, we're here for a reason. We're not here just to enjoy the, the beauty of nature and, and the things that we do on a regular basis. But we are called to truly make a difference, to impact the kingdom. And I keep, and I, every day, I start my day spending time with the Lord, reflecting on His goodness, reflecting on the, the things. I take notes and I read yesterday's notes today, and I remind myself of the stories, the testimonies, the real-life people who've been impacted, that I've seen impacted, and knowing again, especially trafficking victims or anybody really, the lady last night, I went to bed with a really heavy heart, but at the same time, I know that we are part of her change for it to to be an impact on her soul. You just don't give up. I just can't give up. It's not an option. (laughs) Well, many of us see injustices, horrible injustices around us like this and would love to help but just don't know how. Like, How can people come alongside you or people like you or local faith organizations to be a part of the solution? 
So again, education. As far as human trafficking goes, especially education, become aware, do your homework. There, there are uh, the Justice Department has websites, government has websites to where you can go and just learn statistics. Um, but you know, find ministries or churchesonthestreets.com is our website. We have a Facebook page, we have a St. Louis page and a Florida page because we now have a new ministry in Florida. Um, but find those ministries that are actively doing what you feel called to do and just step out of your comfort zone and just go volunteer, go observe, go hang out, um, financially support them, uh, find out what their needs are, whether it's uh, finances or physical items, and do something. And whether it's $10 of items or $100 or 1000 whatever you can do, we just have to step out of our comfort zone, roll our sleeves up, and know that... God is waiting on us. We're not waiting on Him. He's waiting on us because He said to go. He said to go into all the world to preach the gospel. He also said to help the poor, that there will always be poor in the land. So I think He's already given us permission to to do things to help people. (laughs) So um, just be proactive. Well, this is a tough topic to even talk about, but you're on the front lines day after day. Thank you for your work in inspiring us to be a part of the solution to this heartbreaking problem and for reminding us that there is hope through Christ. Thanks for sitting down with us today, Angela. It was a blessing to chat with you. In the book of Genesis, there's a story of a young brother who was sold into slavery by his jealous older brothers. This young man named Joseph spent time in prison, time working as a slave, but God never forgot about him. In fact, he orchestrated a great plan of redemption for Joseph's life that impacted not only his brothers who betrayed him, but the nations who eventually looked to Joseph for their rescue. God is always faithful, and through the work of those like Angela Valdez, we can see the hand of God caring for the forgotten, rescuing the enslaved, and giving eternal hope to the hopeless. This begs for self-reflection. How will I be the hands and feet of Christ? How will you be? That's Action and Ministry. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Legute. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action, and send us an email.